Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and my guest this episode, for the first time in the book club, is Damien Harvey. Damien, welcome to the book club. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Let's get straight to it. Tell us uh, your your 2000 AD origin story, how you first uh, got into the prog. Um, I'm only from Prog 5, I'm afraid. Not a Prog one. Right, good. <laughs> um, I was about seven years old, um, and it was just a weekly. Every Saturday morning, I used to go to the comic shop with um, my grandfather, and he'd, he'd give me so much money just to pick as many whatever comics. So I used to get like action, battle, some of the early Marvel UK stuff, and then Prog 5 with the um, the Kong, Krong. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, just drew me in and bought it. Straight away, that was it. Then favorite comic, science fiction, perfect. And did yeah. you carry on getting it then, straight from there, basically? I did, yeah. I sort of elapsed as a lot of people did in the early nineties. Yeah, um, and I kept on buying comics, I minute mean, until the present day. But I sort of elapsed in the nineties and jumped back in about six or seven years ago but in between I bought the occasional one the occasional special or um, the occasional trade just for stuff to read but I've been sort of subscribing the last few years now so solidly on board and the story we're going to be talking about today comes from progs 86 to 108 so that's 1978 79 so I guess then you were getting the prog you were getting these stories in the prog literally as they came out yes yes it was um the Star Lord major, wasn't it? Prog eighty six because I, I, I bought Star Lord as well. Right. Um, so it was a good time. Yeah, I'd, I've been I've been buying solidly through. So I followed the cursed death, and it went straight into this, which was amazing. It was so exciting at the time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, tell us. Uh, you know, let's get straight to it then. And what came after the cursed earth? What's the story we're talking about today? The day the Lord died, featuring Judge Cal. Excellent. So let's give the credits. Obviously written by John Wagner, writing as John Howard. Uh, art in this story, it's as I've put in our notes, it's a deep breath for Brian Bolland, Dave Gibbons, Mick McMahon, Brendan McCarthy, Brett Ewens, Gary Leach and Ron Smith into making, I think, his first dreads for Ron Smith in this story. So that's a huge lineup of artists. It was, yes, yes. Uh, Steve McManus had just taken over as the sort of official editor. These were lettered by Tom Frame, Tom Knight, Jack Potter, and they are... The the Day the Law Died is available in several collections. Uh, There were two Titan volumes. I've got it in Case Files 2. There's a Digest collection. There's a digital version of the Digest collection for a fiver on the Kindle. I think you've got a different hardback collection. Is that right, Damien? Yeah, I've got the uh, Hachette version. Uh, number thirty-three, uh, and it's also I've also got the case files number two. The first time I got it reprinted was in the American Eagle series. Oh right, yeah. You know the I think it was in four or five parts because um, it was difficult. I mean, in the days of the pre-Titan books, they were sort of early eighties. There was no way. There was no comic shops. There was no way of buying back issues. So that was the time I read it again. It was all recolored. Um, yeah. Okay, so before we get to the synopsis, just tell us quickly why you chose the day the law died to come on the book club with. I see it as like another. It's coming straight from the cursed earth, which is quite free roaming and it's quite big, like almost a sandbox sort of 
all different. It was really wide open. It's more claustrophobic because it's all a mega city one. Um, there's loads of cliffhangers, um, a mix of artists, and uh, some of the characters like the Cleggs, Judge Fish, Fergie, etc. Um, were great, and all the humour mixed in it. I think it had everything really for me. Okay, so um, if there are listeners who've sort of like only familiar with the more recent Dread stuff and recent 2000 E stuff, um, and haven't gone back to these early progs, give us a synopsis. What happens, or what's the basic outline of the day the Lord died? Um, but it's difficult to nail down, but um, Dread comes back uh, for the cursed earth, hero's welcome, um, gets framed for murder, um, and Deputy Judge Cal takes over the city instantly. He's just he's insane. He's a, he's a dictator. He, he bans everything, it kills people. He's just, it's just more and more insanity as the story goes on. Um, tries to get Dread out the picture. But um, Dreads leads a rebellion and tries to take the city back. Um, lots of toing and froing, and then in the end, he, he succeeds as a, a great ending um, to finish it off. But yeah, it's a good. Uh... It is fantastic. So I must say, Damien, it was having been, you know, done a lot of more recent Dreads on the book club, this one felt like a sort of, you know, um, cheerful and warm bath to go back into some of these early shall we say slightly more wacky and crazy dread epics um <laughs> and how weird to go straight literally from the cursed earth into this mega epic as well with dread i think in the last panel of the cursed earth just saying something like he's coming back to mega city one and business as usual and it's anything but of course isn't it <laughs> you totally totally yeah yeah, he, he comes back, and I think basically he just wants to have a have a lie down and a sleep, like as if he hasn't slept since the beginning of the cast. There, he just wants a rest, but obviously it doesn't happen like that. So it's the Judge Cal um, storyline, um, and it's the threat to Mega City One posed by Judge Cal, who initially seems to be just interested in power. And then, as you said, he just gets more and more deranged as the story progresses. Um, yes. So just give us a quick sketch. I mean, he's the head of the SJS, I believe, at the start of the story, who manipulates or basically murders his way into chief judge. What sort of character is Calig- uh, Judge Cal? I believe he's based on Judge um, on, um, Caligula, um, based on uh, the Roman story. He's um, yeah, He bumps off the chief judge, takes power, and he, he controls the SJS, which is, I think, they were introduced in this story. And they're like the judge sort of um, eternal affairs and he uses them, as you say, to um, murder his way to the top. Um, but he's just insane. He's a megalomaniac. He has his picture everywhere and it's just, it's um, it's hilarious. It's just yeah, insane. I, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> he's a fantastic villain for Dread. And you mentioned I, Claudius, the uh, 1976 BBC TV show, which I think put... Uh, Emperor Caligula is played by John Hurt, completely in the public consciousness. So we had this idea of this deranged Roman emperor who had gone mad or had been mad to start with. And then we get it in the comic book. We get Cal, who's just completely bonkers. Um, Also, as you say, he's obsessed with his own image, which is everywhere. And some of his, what would you call them, some of his decisions, his edicts as as the story goes on, more and more mad, aren't they? 
definitely, yeah. He's just, he just, it's, that was the thing with it being every week. It was, you'd there'd just be something new every week and he'd be, like he made his, his goldfish um, deputy chief judge, which was insane enough. And then he said um, free speech was banned and then he, you know, controlled all the TV stations. It, it was just... So this is the story that introduces Cal. As you've said, it also introduces a number of other memorable characters. Uh, of course, it's Judge Fish, which I guess was based on the idea that Caligula had tried to make his horse a, a Roman senator, I think, or something like that. So we get this is where we get Judge yeah. Fish, which is wonderful. Tell us a bit about some of the other um, notable Judge Dredd characters and supporting cast who turn up for the first time in this story. Well, it was... It was good to see the return of the giant name from the Harlem Heroes as a Judge Giant who, who helped him. Yeah. Um, there was all the, the um, Academy of Law judges who were all sort of wounded with eye patches and missing limbs and stuff. It, it was good to see them. The Cleggs as well, the gang of alien mercenaries that he brought in as sort of enforcers to help sort of quash the rebellion. And there's a few sort of, um, there's a few of the SJS judges along the way, like Quincy, who, who he made dressing pocket at underpants because he he lost a, I think that he, he lost a button when he assassinated uh, the chief judge so um, he made him, made him take his uniform off and walk around in his pocket at underpants and there's a Fergie as well who was uh, self-proclaimed king of the big smelly that's it yes and Fergie's a great character who turns up in the second half of the story and of course we'll have his memorable uh, ending uh, in this so yeah this is Fergie um well, how would you describe Fergie? What sort of character is he for the uninitiated? For me, originally when I first seen him, I thought, oh, he's a bit of tweak and a bit of um, Spike's Harvey Rotten, maybe that sort of supporting character from the cast there, but in a similar vein. But he's just a big, big sort of... Uh... One of my previous guests described John Wagner's sort of um, penchant or fascination for writing crazy redneck characters. Yeah, he's just... He's he's obviously not the brightest character they've had, but I think his heart's in the right place, and uh, I found him instantly likable. Yeah, it's funny because with all his back, um, all the, the fleas everywhere, and he's just he's great, really funny character. I, I, I fell in love with him instantly. Brilliant. Yes, he is. He's wonderful. This sort of hulking brute who's some sort of works in the undercity with the big smelly uh, sewer. Um, he's fantastic. And then you mentioned also this is the first appearance in Dread Law of the alien mercenary, um, what would you call them, alligator-type, uh, tyrannosaur-type aliens, the Cleggs. Um, and, of course, that also gives John Wagner a chance to do a bit of um, musical rhyme because the Cleggs have their, uh, their, their famous rhymes that they chant from time to time about killing Dread, don't they? Yeah, it's um, it's funny. I think coming coming off the back of um, writing Robo Hunter and Sam Slade, he sort of incorporated it into those as well. But um, yeah, there was uh, it's quite funny with the the lyrics. Slicey, slicey, oncey, twicey, claw and fangle, kill dread nicely, meaty, beaty, chop him neatly, death or glory, no retreaty, Clegg hail. Fa- fantastic, well done, Damien. <laughs> um, there was quite a lot of weird and wacky stuff in The Cursed Earth, which I guess is Pat Mills. And this time we've shifted to John Wagner. Does Do you think John Wagner introduces even more humour and comedy into this story? Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
definitely. I think um, Uncle Pat always Uncle Pat always seems a bit more sort of maybe political, but like a political undercurrent to it. Whereas um, John Wagner's just uh, out in that wackiness, and he he just tries to add to himself. I think every episode as it goes on, it's just. I think if you started at the end, it'd be quite unbelievable. But if you start at the beginning, the bar's gently raised. It's uh, it's brilliant. Re- really good storytelling, even in those days. Now, I'm going to ask you about the artist in a moment. Um, let's talk about the depiction of Judge Cal himself, because you mentioned Uncle Pat, and Brian Bolland starts <laughs> off this story. Um, and, of course, the appearance of Cal does change a bit through the story, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's not just the haircuts either, is it? But, yeah, he starts off looking like Pat with the slightly almost shoulder-length hair. Um and I believe I believe it's on record, is it? It, it is um, a depiction of Pat. Um, it does. Only goes for that sort of shorter, shorter Roman um, emperor, sort of curly, shorter hair. But yeah, he, he changes. That's that's one of the things with the different artists throughout. And of course, we have got tremendous artists. Uh, you've got this sort of absolutely stellar lineup of Bolland, McMahon. Um, Gibbons, Leach, McCarthy, Ewins, and as I said, the introduction of Ron Smith uh, on Dread, who perhaps hasn't quite got Dread's helmet right, I noticed at first, but his, in terms of that lithe, muscular, two gun or two lawgiver Dread that we know from Ron Smith, you can see the start of it when he turns up towards the end of this storyline, can't you? Oh, yes, yes. Because yeah, the, first is, the first time he draws Dread, it's more based on um, Ian Gibson. Ian Gibson sort of design of the helmet and the, the smaller shoulder pads, but when he's back two weeks later, it's a, it's just a totally different um, design altogether. It's more in line with um, Bolland and um, McMahon, I think. And we don't talk about an awful lot of Bolland sequential art on this podcast um, because obviously, you know, um, he would go on to become mainly the covers artist uh, that we know him from. Um what did you make of Bolland's work here on the strip? And and also, which of the artists would you pick out um, from this sort of like hugely influential group of artists? Yeah, Bolland. I think I think he finally found, he sort of found his feet across the Curse of Death story. Um, and in this, it's 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 the humour and like it's almost caricatures. A lot of the um, I'm looking at the the page of the where um, Cal is auditioning for the movie, and he's got the four different judges and one sort of one's a midget one's tall and skinny you know they're all it's it's just hilarious um but i know he's he's one who's always struggled struggled with deadlines because in this he's inked by gary leach and i think dave gibbons on yeah. one of them as well as well as inking himself so maybe that's one of the reasons there were so many different artists Yes, I guess that's probably true because his artwork does take time, isn't it? Uh, and I've just found the page of um, them casting Judge Dredd in the Cal movie and all the ridiculous um, <laughs> caricatures that they've got for these actors who are going to play Dredd, um, which is a hilarious page. It is actually, I mean, it is an incredibly funny strip uh, at this point. Um, I'll mention Judge uh, Slocum, another one of the SJS judges who annoys or does something wrong for Cal and who memorably gets paralysed and then placed in a huge jar of vinegar and pickled, um, something which caused, I gather, some consternation for the publishers who said this might influence children to do the same to their brothers or sisters, which seemed slightly unlikely. (laughs) 
you it must have been a huge pickle jar if you want to do that yeah absolutely coming off the back of um action being cancelled and all the controversy and um it was it in inferno as well allowed in ellie's art oh yes that's right caused a few problems so i think i think they were probably a bit sort of paranoid and there was that run-in with um mcdonald's jolly green giants all that sort of stuff in the case today so i guess they were keeping more of a sort of more of an eye on where it was going it must have been, I guess, a tricky time for Steve McManus taking over fully um, from Kelvin Gosnell. Um, and, you know, as you say, they'd had possibly uh, a letter about the McDonald's and Burger King stuff. They'd had the complaints about Inferno. Um, so, yeah, I guess they must have been sailing slightly close to the wind or felt like it. Um, but they still ran the, uh, the pickling story, thank goodness. I've seen the page. I think it's Dale. Dale I think Dale, Dale Jackson's got it. And I think it's been, something's been cut in or there's something's been pasted over it. Like they slightly altered it, I think. I'm, oh, I'm, right. I Did they? I'm sure I've seen that page and there's like, a, there's another panel inserted over it or it was toned down or something. I'm sure it's, um, it's been, it was sort of messed about with. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't say I found the picture anyway. Okay. I mean, it is, it's one of those dread epics where, as I was rereading it, I think I was noticing, oh, that this bit comes from that and this bit comes from that. It's got all those very sort of famous moments. It's even, I mean, we know, as we said, Bolland probably draws Caligula looking like Pat Mills, but also it's got uh, an appearance, I don't know if you noticed, Judge Julio Fernandez. Um, one of the... King Carlos himself. It's yes. King Carlos, yes. isn't it? It's Carlos Esquerra, again, drawn by Bolland. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. So what about, you know, the artists on this strip? Which would be the ones that you'd pick out for our listeners? Who are your favourites? Well, Brian Bolland's always my number one. Right. Probably because of Jolly Green Giants and then onto this with Fergie and um, the Cleggs. Um, He's he's brilliant, but they're all good. I mean, you forget how how great McMahon is and um, brilliancy and like an early... I think... McCarthy and Ewan's, I think they've just done one or two future shocks and they are cover before this, but some of the art, it's, it's brilliant. It's really good. Where he's fighting the uh, the robot copy of himself and stuff, it's, it's brilliant, it really is. Plus, they Brendan does the um, the pickling sequence, doesn't he, as well, which is hilarious. Yes. Brilliant. And as we've said, this was, this was perhaps a different, this was an early time for Dread and the epics, and... We've mentioned it was very episodic. I don't think there was any real intention at all that these stories would be collected and poured over later on. It was just episodic entertainment put out. And so, as you say, they've got a cliffhanger every episode that has to be wrapped up in the next uh, issue and then move on to the next one. Um, How do you find the comparison with, say, uh, one of the more modern Dread epics, the one that springs to my mind possibly because of its slightly similar storyline, is Tour of Duty. How do you find this early episodic and much more wacky dreads with compared to the recent stuff? It's a totally different animal, isn't it, as you say? Um, I think because the, the first reprints were in the early 80s, the Titan books, but this is obviously predates that. I don't think you could, get, you could get away with so many different artists these days. People just expect a flowing story, one, maybe two artists, but this one, it's like there's every single episode has got something going on and there's a lot of splash pages which you don't really get these days um 
and cliffhangers. It reminds me of the old, at the time, they were re- repeating the old Flash Gordon 30s and 40s oh, programs right. on. Yeah. There'd always be a cliffhanger at the end, and would they survive for the next one? And every single one has got has got that. It was great looking forward to the next week. There's like, you know, whether it's the Clegg, uh, the hounds of Clegg turning up, or it's them crashing off the, the overpass in the, uh, the transporter before it hits the the ground it's just every single week there was something going on there's, there's not i wouldn't say there's one store one episode that's just filler or just coasting along with backstory it's all just bang 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 you know story flying along at a breakneck pace yeah so yeah it's not it's totally you couldn't it's it, it wouldn't fit in these days I don't, I don't think it's just what people have sort of grown accustomed to Definitely newer readers, I think they just they wanted the whole thing on a plate and just read it in one go. But it was exciting times back then, week to week. It is very exciting stuff. I mean, it's tremendously uh, entertaining. Uh, there's the humour, there's the dark sort of madness of uh, Cal, who just becomes, as we've said, he just becomes even more um, ridiculous. You know, when he sentenced the <laughs> yeah. entire city to death... And of course, we get citizen. Is it Aaron A. Ardvark? Because um, they've decided yeah, well, he, he changed his name to be first in the Evid phone book, so they, <laughs> they, they got him first. I think that uh, I was. I think it all starts because the Clegs didn't want paying him money; they wanted paying him meat. So he, so Cal said, "Well, let's just give him a pot," and he starts executing the population to feed them. <laughs> And there's a, I mean, there's a memorable, uh, I think, Mick McMahon image of Cal sort of rising from his bath, clad only in soap suds, saying, "I'm, you know, I'm sentenced the entire city to death or something like that." Um, he is. What? How do you think he is, say, compared to Chief Judge Sinfield from the Tour of Duty epic? I mean, you know, obviously much different eras, different animals. But how do you find him as a villain compared with some of the more modern villains Dred's gone up against? Again, he's he's a different character. I mean, Sinfeld was more of a sort of long-term slow burner of a character, wasn't he? Um, sort of more manipulative and definitely not as unhinged. I think that maybe the the overall goal to see to, to have power was was there, but I, th- I think um, Carl was very sort of reactive to what was going on. And if like he, he had a parade and no one turned up, so he was like, "Oh, we're going to execute everyone," and he was very sort of reactive to what was happening. Um, he didn't sort of have a master plan. I think he had a plan to get in power, have control, and he'd just do anything to keep the control. So I think he's a different character, personally. And, of course, a, um, a mad, deranged dictator who's uh, upset about the number of people who attended his parade. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps not say anymore. He's gone now, so, yeah. Um, and I've just found the page of Cal and his bath. I think actually it's a Brett. Uh, is it Brett Ewins on that page? Uh, I, I think. think. It is. Yeah. Excellent stuff. What about favourite moments from this story? Because there's so many iconic moments for Dread. There's any particular standouts, uh, either from the ones we've mentioned so far or ones that we haven't got to yet? Um, well, off the top of my head. Um... It's a good bit where um, Dredd gets he gets shot in the head you know, by the, the sniper, and it's like a great uh, McMahon page layout. You see it from a few different angles, very sort of almost like a movie. You can imagine it, you know, in like an action movie, the sequence, you get hit. Um, where they crash off the overpass into the big smell, he's brilliant. Um, where the Cleggs come down from the sky. I mean, I just didn't expect that. You turn, you know, you, you buy that week's episode, you open the page, it's like, wow. 
crocodile-faced aliens descending, shooting people from the, the sky. Um, the pickle and the Judge Slocum, just hilarious. Um, and of course, Judge Fish. They they sort of stand out moments, but there's so many you, you could pick one from every every episode almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like yourself, I love the Cleggs. I love Dread in his um, uh, bandaged head, of course, because you've got to conceal the face yeah. still. So with the helmet off, so his head is completely bandaged. Uh, I've forgotten that we've got Robot Dread in this epic. Um, yeah. We've got some great lines from Dread. Um, we've got him, you know, on the on the he's on the, the the transport to Titan, but he escapes and comes back. Well, I've forgotten Walter the Wobot turns up as well. Sorry, Space Spinner two thousand, but Walter's back. <laughs> That's Judge Judge Walter the Wobot, even. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one thing I noticed that it looks like I don't know. It's obviously just a mistake, but the guy, the badge maker who makes Walter's badge, it looks like the same guy who's the on the. Shuttle to Titan with Radio. He sort of smacked the guy with the big moustache. Oh yes, yeah. Looks like the same. Strangely enough, but yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely wonderful, and of course, at this time, uh, I know this. I think we both know this probably from the Future Shock documentary. Uh, Dave Gibbons and Mick McMahon sharing a studio, I think, together, and so keeping an eye on each other's yes, work. Yes. And there's, 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 I think there's a wonderful Dave Gibbons story he told about one of some of Mick McMahon's art for this epic. Yeah, he, he, there's an anecdote he said because it took um, the page where with Judge Cal holding Judge Fish above his head, saying "Salute Deputy Chief Judge Fish." McMahon tried it and he kept changing it, and he really, really struggled to get it right, and he was never happy with it. So later on, every time Dave, D- Dave Gibbons was doing something, McMahon looked over his shoulder and was like, oh, you know, that's not very good. And he would always put each other down, having a bit of banter. He, Gibbons did always sort of say, well, it's not, as, it's not as bad as Judge Fish in the bowl. And it was like a bit of a put down every time. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we'll come, perhaps be coming back to that page in a few moments as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to pick out from the day the Lord died and the epic of Judge Cal? It's just, it's, I think it'd be good if you're a modern reader who hadn't read back before, sort of Prog 1000, going back to some of these early ones. I think this would be to see Brendan McCarthy and Early Bolland and McMahon and Ron Smith, to see all the different artists in one place interpreting the same sort of characters slightly differently. I think it would be a good. Um, a good way to revisit past history, maybe. Yeah, it is. I think it's a fantastic a look at the great artists doing sequentials in these early stuff. And you just got so much variety in there and so much wonderful art. I mean, I love, I love a bit of Ron Smith, and to see him starting on Dread in this was great. As we've said, Bolland, you know, we so rarely see his sequentials, and it's so marvellous in here. Um, it's all great stuff, isn't it? And Mick McMahon, who can do the stuff very quickly. And as, you know, I think Jim Moon said when we talked about The Cursed Earth, it did look like Mick McMahon's art was something that we might be able to possibly imitate. Brian Bolland always seemed like it was impossible to get anywhere near him, of course. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course... How long would it be? Uh, sort of 16, 17 years after this, we get the Judge Dredd movie with Stallone. And I noted that the crime that Dredd is framed for, uh, they lifted that from The Day the Door Died, I believe, didn't they? 
and the deportation sequences seem to be pretty much taken from this story, which I realised again when I was rereading. And, of course, they also borrowed the character of Fergie, but then got him completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's right. Sacrilege of the highest order. <laughs> Terrible. No one could get... Even the, even the slightest fan with the passive interest couldn't, wouldn't be able to get past that. No, <laughs> that was the problem. Which brings me, you know, spoilers for a comic that is 40 years old, but brings me to the sort of climax of The Day the Lord Died and Fergie's great moment of sacrifice and his final line, Easy the Ferg. It's one of those dread moments that just sort of sticks with you, doesn't it? Yeah, that was, I don't know, because I was, I was only eight, well, eight years old, seven or eight, and it was really... Because I liked him so much, and to see it happen, and it was bad enough when I thought he'd been shot, shot, but he sort of dragged himself to his feet and he'd done the sacrifice, and he had the statue, and even then, I'm sure I had a tear in my eye. It was very uh, emotional, even because you know, he was he sort of get attached to the character. There's four covers appeared during the run: eighty nine and ninety, uh, sorry, eighty nine and ninety four with Mick McMahon, ninety eight and one hundred and five. Brian Bolland did the cover. Um, with you know, for this particular storyline, strangely enough, a great epic. The covers, perhaps not the most memorable part of it. Yeah, I was looking. Yeah, because I was looking at them. Obviously, you're looking for the Grail page, and I mean, now even the, I mean, the the Bollands one with the with their Cal and the the Cleggs was is is good, but it's not. It's 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 not a standout as opposed to you know the Curse of Death or yeah. um, Apocalypse War. Again, it was. Quite a lackluster, really. Maybe because they just merged with Star Lord and they were trying to push the characters, like you know, Strontium Dog and stuff, maybe to the fore to sort of. There's yeah, quite a few Strontium Dog covers from this time on the Barney. I noticed. Um, yeah, you're probably right. It's the you know the merger of the two comics. Although, as you say, probably Prog '98 with the Cleggs and Judge Cow by Bolland on the front cover is perhaps to pick out of the four covers. For me. Okay, what about the Great Grail Page game? If we could afford any of this art, and we have got some, as we keep saying, some very stunning and therefore very expensive artists to deal with, um, who are you going to go for, Damien? Obviously, from what I've been saying all the way through, it's going to be a bottom page, which, but it's difficult. Looking through, there's so many panels or bits of pages that are being used, like advertising, you know, they were, really got the money's worth out of it over the years and the adverts and throughout the prog. Um, it's loads of ball and stuff, loads of images that just sort of jump out. I think oh, I've seen that before. That was on this. That was an advert for the subscriptions. And But I'm going to go for the page where Dredd and Fergie are having the, the one-on-one and it's like that, um, they're having that fight and there's a really good uppercut off, off Dredd. Um, and he sort of wins over Fergie and sort of wins his respect. I love that page. That's that's probably the one I go for. So I will post that image when this episode comes out on all the socials and on the 2003 forums. This is in my case files too. It's page 253. Brian Bolland, Dread versus Fergie. Uh, the top half of the page is two punches from Dread. It's almost Fist of Dread quality, isn't it? Really. In terms of moments and and the artwork, yeah, I mean the, the one before it's quite is almost there where he sort of hits dreads full across the face with his baseball bat, but it's the it's that sequence of the the one two punches is uh, just does it for me. 
And it looks like on the page before that Fergie's wearing, amongst all these badges, he's got a Superman badge and a 2000 AD badge by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just the details like that. You could you could pour over the pictures for hours looking at these little details. Brilliant. There's almost, you know, he's got a smiley badge. You can probably imagine a splatter of Fergie's blood dropping onto that smiley badge in a way that uh, would be used. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. So a Brian Bolland page, um, we don't don't mention them very often on this uh, podcast because, you know, he didn't do an awful lot of... um, sequentials but you know when they do come up they're wonderful and of course i'm sure we probably couldn't afford that one damien but it is a lovely lovely page (laughs) yeah thank you i've chosen as you know i've actually chosen the judge fish in the bowl held over cal's head by mick mcmahon partly because it just comes with that great story of two artists that we love um working together making fun of each other's art and sort of goading each other on, I suppose, to do better. So it's perhaps not an absolute classic Mick McMahon page, but the page of um, Judge Cow proclaiming Deputy Chief Judge Fish holding the bowl above his head. (laughs) Um, We know that McMahon obviously had to redraw it a few times and still trying to get it right, and that Dave Gibbons... Um, <laughs> teased him about it but yeah a Mick McMahon page I don't have any Mick McMahon artwork and I would love to um, so that would be my grail page and again I'll post the image fantastic stuff Damien anything else you wanted to say about the day the law died no but just but if, if you haven't read it go and read it it's um, well worth a read it's action packed it's cliffhangers a mix of the some of the best artists that have ever graced the pages of the, of the prog Um funny it's got everything in there i i think personally so yeah buy it today lots of ways to own it like i say i've got the case files too which is black and white you've got that as well but the hashette collection because presumably there were uh i mean obviously there were the color center spreads for dread so do you get the color pages remind me do you get the color pages reprinted in the hashette collection no, no, it's all black and white, unfortunately. It's all black and white. This Even though the, yeah, the second half of it's in colour, but no, the, the actual Day of the Lord died, it's all black and white, which is a pain. I mean, it was in colour in the American Eagle series, but the colouring wasn't the best, should we say? Yeah. And if re, you know, if our listeners have uh, want to read this one and then want to move on, where else from the early Dread epics would you point them? Which are the other great storylines from this time that you'd like Cursed Earth, obviously. Yes, um, now that you can get the uncensored version. Of course, that's I, I, I loved it. I, I used to get my Land Raider out and my plastic dinosaur and act stuff and loved the Jolly Green Giants, but we'd I'd never heard of KFC or McDonald's in, in 1977 or 78 over here. And I loved it. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah, that's it. If you do it as two parts, they're, they're very different, but the fact that they run together. He just like dread steps back into the but back into the city, and it takes off for Judge Carlitz. It's a brilliant one-two. It is a great one-two punch, isn't it? The cursed earth, and then the day the Lord died. It's a bit like I suppose Block Mania running into the Apocalypse War a few years later. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Great. So do check out The Day the Law Died. As we say, lots of ways to own it. There's the cheap digest version. Uh, you can still get the Titans secondhand, obviously. They're slightly hard to come come by now. Um, and it is, of course, in case files too, as we keep saying. So it's great stuff. Damien, that was fantastic. I'd, lo- I'd love to go back to an early Dread story. They're just... They're so different. They're so wacky and comical. John Wagner clearly having a great deal of fun in those early days. Um, slightly different to the more hard-nosed police procedural dreads that he's done from the 90s onwards, perhaps. Uh, maybe from America, I guess, um, or the democracy storyline b- before that. But yeah, it's just great fun this era, isn't it? Yeah, it was great seeing like the introduction of the SJS um the slightly different uniforms and you know, the fact that there was actually sort of judges that sort of watched the judges um all that sort of stuff's brilliant really good in introducing all that brilliant yeah the SGS always get great costume designs whoever draws them um and then of course <laughs> we also get to see a bit of ron smith um dread leaping around as which as i've said many a time i just love yeah, great work absolutely lovely artists uh lovely black and white stuff and it would be it would be an honour to own any pages from um, The Day the Law Died at all. Do you have any original art, Damien? Um, I've got a few pages of uh, Proteus Vex by um, Henry Flint. Oh, um, right, yes. Artist. I, think, I think he's like possibly a modern sort of... I can, I can see a bit of uh, Carlos and uh, McMahon in his style, possibly even a bit of Barland. Um, yeah, he's just... That's, that's the only art I've got. Right. But yeah. But he is a modern master. He's the uh, the mod. Yes, he is. Um, he is our version of Mick and Carlos. Uh, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Oh, great, great. Well, fantastic. So, do get hold of the day the law died. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Damien, and giving it your time this Saturday morning. This will be out in a couple of weeks' time at the end of February, and I've got your address because you recently bought one of my. Charity uh, sales, so I will send you your two, your um, Mega City Book Club coaster, and I'll get that out to you in the post Ooh. in the next couple of days. Uh, everybody who comes Brilliant. on the show gets a coaster, and again, and I'll just mention if you've been on the show and you haven't got your coaster, please get in touch with me, emailing mcbcpodcast at gmail dot com. And thanks so much, Damien. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was great. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, and I did as well. Fantastic story. Thank you for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and the 2080 forums. Get in touch by emailing me mcbcpodcast at gmail.com, especially if you want to come on the show and review a book with me. And thank you to the artist RoboDub for the providing the title and uh, outro music. Uh, find out more at the freemusicarchive.org. So until next time, when we are passing judgment on another great book, it's time for goodbyes. Goodbye from myself and... Goodbye from me. 